All right, so, you know, the, <clears throat> there's so many topics to talk about, Ari, with the, the, the debate and everything else, but one of the things that doesn't get as much attention is how <clears throat> Joe Biden apparently is calling it a day, putting a lid on it uh, <clears throat> by 9.30 in the morning. Well, today it didn't come till 11. Ah, well, there you go. You That's a productive day. Yes. hour and a half. Now, mind you, and they have a new campaign ad, by the way. It's Joe Biden gets more done by 9.30 in the morning than you do at 6.30 in the morning. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Mind blown. All right. Uh, Why don't you define what a lid is? Because it's yes. a very specific term. Well, a lid means I don't want to talk anymore. Put, putting a lid on it. Like we're, we're concluding the workload for the day. And it's, it's as simple as that. I, I'm not taking any more questions. I'm not engaging. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm resting, whatever it is. But there's no interaction with the press after you know, a certain point in time. A certain point in time, and he, and he calls it, I'm, I'm litting this, I'm done. You can't put anything into the soup anymore, as it were. Okay? Uh, there are an extraordinary number of people that I've been speaking to that have said that if Trump wins in November, and you and I will say when Trump wins in November, but nevertheless, if Trump wins in, no in November, some of them caveat it a little bit more, They that if, in, in addition, the Republicans expand the Senate and expand the House or whatever. And if the Democrats can't successfully steal the election in the six weeks after the election. Right. Things yeah. like that. <laughs> things of this yeah. nature. Uh, and Amy Comey Barrett uh, becomes the ninth Supreme Court justice. Whatever, whatever combination of those things, they all say, I promise you, I'm leaving to Canada. I mean it this time. Really? Yep. I'm leaving. Not that they're, I'm saying really, not that they're saying that, but really they're promising to actually go? Yes, they're promising. But, you know, now this time it's a little bit like Lucy in the, in the football, right? You know, they, they promised you many times before that they will not yank her chain this time. But they, they continue to yank it. So we believe it. And we say you know, lech lecha, right? It means go forth, go. You know, that's fine by us. Yeah, and inshallah, but, God willing. <laughs> exactly. But, but these, these Democrats, even some congressmen say this, that they will resign. Like, that's a problem for us? Okay. <laughs> you, you think we're concerned about this? Uh, whether it's Chuck Schumer or, or somebody, you know, more lower on the totem pole of the Democratic Party, we, we don't care. Uh, by all means, go. Let, let's have somebody else in charge. Um, so what I say to these people who specifically, most of them say Canada. So I say, listen, um, may I put in my two cents that you go to uh, Victoria, Canada, because I really do like it there. So when I come to visit, I can go, you know, mountain biking there because they've got some really awesome mountain biking near Victoria. Okay. Why do you want them ruining the good part of Canada? <laughs> well, that's a good point. Why don't you send them to I Halifax? didn't think about that. These are friends and family, okay, that, that are going to be out there. So presumably I'll go visit once in a while. Anyway, okay. so, so the point is that they really, really feel this way. And I think, you know, go ahead, fine. I mean, they, they really think that they're, they're making a statement of some kind. But it's, it's really odd. Um, Ari... The extent to which they have uh, forced themselves into a world where they imagine that they're actually living in a new, a new um, a realm of fascism, that, that Trump is fascist, that the Republican Party has become 
uh, fascism. And then they, they try to equate things to the days of the, uh, the early um, Reich of, of Adolf Hitler. The Third Reich, not the first, the one, first or second. Yes, third, the, the, the bad one. The, what, what do you call it? The, the Empire. I'm calling it the Reich of, of, of Hitler. Yeah. And it happens to be the third, but that's, you know, let's not quibble here. The, the point is, it's his, that was his Reich, right? And the argument that they, the arguments that they make that somehow this is equivalent, I mean, it, it's, it gets so silly. Uh, and when you you could of course use much better arguments in reverse, like Kristallnacht, for example, the night of the the shattered glass. Um, that's I mean, what do you think we're seeing now with all the riots? You know, people breaking down uh, all sorts of stores and looting, and then of course uh, uh, looting and destroying synagogues. I mean, w- what is more analogous to Kristallnacht than that, right? So it's much more on their side than it is on, on ours. We don't have anything of, of any sort on ours. We have a guy who made peace for Israel, helps free the black people from jail, um, helps Israel out with security. That's a really poor anti-Semite. If <laughs> he's, he's he's a really messed yeah, up, right. incompetent racist at best. Yeah, he, he's really he's done very well on many other areas, but his anti-Semitism, I have to give him enough. I yeah, really, it just it's just not. It's not powering through, Mr. President. I'm sorry. You're just not reaching the anti-Semites the way that you might have hoped for. Uh, anyway, we're kidding, of course. But look, the, the ability of these people, and I, I had an epiphany a long time ago, that people act consistently, right? I mean, it seems so obvious now, but sometimes epiphanies are obvious, right? You mean like liars always lie, as you say? Yes, that's right. Cheaters always cheat and thieves always steal. And that's right. people who lazy, lie under oath Lazy people are always lazy and angry people are always angry, right? I mean, they view, right, I mean, look, look you know, I'm not even talking about you. <laughs> you know somebody just in your head, just I guarantee you, and you, the listener, you know somebody that is always in rage, in a state of rage, right? Even when he just goes around his daily uh, life, he, his every story he tells you is confrontational. He has some sort of confrontation with this or that person. Yeah, uh, that sounds like me. Uh, no, no, it's definitely not <laughs> no, like you. But you know, I don't do it out of rage. Obviously. No, you don't. No, no, you, 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 you know, you have a, a deep sense of love for the country, and right. our friendship is very strong. And uh, you're really, you're really a deep person, and I mean that in the best way possible. But uh, there, there are many people out there that that operate. That, that's their operating system. Yes. Rage. Yeah. Uh, there are other people who operate out of jealousy all the time. They're constantly th- thinking in terms of envy. I, I want this. Why? How come he has it and I don't have that? Uh, there are many women, for example, mostly women, that that think only in terms of their appearance, right? Yeah, Beauty and, and otherwise. The, and then there are all those people who, are, and we know this. This I think is very prevalent. The negative Nelly. Everything's always negative. We call them negheads. Right. Of course. You know, they're every everything's no matter what they do, everything's going to turn to crap. You know right. that. Right. So, and then there are people. Uh, I, I like to think of that I'm one of them. That I I try to see things optimistically. That everything will be, you know what, maybe not so bad. You know, it'll be okay, yeah. sir, right? Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. Maybe, maybe to a fault, right? Maybe yeah. I should be more concerned here and there. Uh, but everything will be fine. Uh, I, I have great belief and strength in my belief about God and that uh, God is truly in charge, that man is weak, um, and that, you know, I can laugh at man. 
right? That's, that's, that's why it enables us to laugh at Gavin Newsom, uh, to Chuck Schumer's of the world, uh, to Joe Biden, of course. Um, th these notions of these big plans, you know, I, I, I always laugh because they always fall apart because humans are involved, right? So let, I don't want to digress too much about it. The point is that the consistency among so many of our friends on the left is that they believe anything that they want to believe. Great examples of that was the, uh, there are good people on both sides comment from Charlottesville, right? We don't need to explain. I mean, I, we know that it's garbage, okay? This notion that somehow this man who not only has a Jewish son-in-law, but now a, a converted Jewish daughter, Orthodox, mind you, Jewish grandchildren, has done more for Israel than any other president in the history of the United States, that somehow he's a big fan, big fan of Nazis, or at least believes that there are good people among them. Uh, it, it's so absurd. And they, they argue that this is the only interpretation of it. And I say, don't you think that the easier explanation is probably the more log logical one, for example, and the, the more correct one, that he was saying that there are good people on both sides of the issue of whether or not to take the Confederate statues down. As it turns out, that was the, indeed the issue surrounding the whole Charlottesville, Charlottesville kerfuffle, right? And that was his direct quote and direct explanation at the time. And in the same set of sentences that he said that exact thing, he condemned the violent rioters on both sides. Right. It, it, it was, it was it's, it's such an absurd slander and lie, but our, if you will, as Reagan would say, because I don't have them, but Reagan would say this, friends on the left <laughs> want to right. so much believe this that they repeat it and they repeat it and they repeat it until they believe it. It's a sticking point that they hope sticks even further uh, as the election wears on. But it's not going to yeah. because people just don't buy it. Uh, and it look, really it, shows you how little they actually believe Trump will not prevail in this election, that they keep using that. Right. That's their strongest argument. Yeah. That's their best foot forward, as it were. Uh, the way I described it to a good friend of mine on the left, I said, listen, if I were to show you a picture of a child in midair above the floor, you know, he seems to be hovering there. You can say, okay, well, there are a couple of explanations, maybe three of them that come up come to mind. One is that gravity stopped for the day. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gravity stopped. Okay, and that's why that explains why this child is, is in the Is that Trump's fault too? Sorry. Would you stop? I mean, you're, you're totally derailing this, Ari. I'm saying that's one explanation. Right. The other explanation is that this uh, the picture of this child was photoshopped into the uh, into the picture. The third explanation is that the child was jumping and the, the camera caught the photo exactly at the moment that he was in midair. Okay. What's the most logical explanation? The last. Okay. The other two, even the photoshopping, would require a lot of effort. Okay. Now, uh, and the gravity, of course, is absurd. It's yeah. possible. Yeah, one, maybe, one maybe. is absurd. One requires all these other factors to also be true. It's possible, but too many things have to be true at once. Right. And the third is incredibly simple and most likely because it happens all the time. Right. Yeah. And so when you offer, going back to Charlottesville now, when you offer this, the explanation, the simple explanation, like, dude, they were talking about statues at the time. I don't know if you recall, but that's what, what he was likely talking about. And that, of course, is the simplest explanation, the most 
logical one. And, uh, and yet they, they want to believe so badly that he needs, not only wants, but needs to cater to this vast army of neo-Nazis and white supremacists out there. He can't diss them, you know, because if he does, he'll lose that white supremacist base that is no doubt millions and millions of people out there. Yeah, 95% of the country, the pro-police, no. pro-Nazi, white supremacist base that propelled him to victory over the most qualified woman in the world. Right. Right, <laughs> yeah. And like, that's not a complicated, crazy right. explanation. But they, they want to believe it so badly. So it's the equivalent of thinking that gravity, uh, you know, left for the day. Or that uh, that picture that I was describing with the child in the air you know, what was going on. It was, you know, he was actually in the space shuttle and they, they kind of fabricated a room to look like a regular room in, in a regular house. And uh, he was there, he was floating in space. And, and that's why. Yeah. Right? And, and you know, what's just always so interesting to me about this particular story, which is a great one that you brought up. They never go to YouTube and just bring up his Charlottesville press conference and speech. Right. And just listen to it. From beginning to end, because here's the thing. If I was presented with a thing, uh, uh, an accusation about someone, and I am actually all the time, that, and let's just hypothetically say that, um, what if Bernie Sanders was cozying up to an anti-Semite like Linda Sarsour? Um, maybe I should watch that video. And you know what? I have and I do. And guess what? He's right there with Linda Sarsour. It's true. Same yeah. with Ted Lieu. Uh, for those of you in our uh, podcast audience who are the rare people who aren't fully informed on these issues, Linda Sarsour is an activist anti-Semite. Right. Okay, a really bad one. And so the point is, Ted Lieu, the congressman from West L.A., gave Linda Sarsour a humanitarian award to an anti-Semite on stage, shared the stage with her, and told the audience how great she is. Bernie Sanders teamed up with her to outreach on women's issues. Those are real oh, nice. things. And the point is, when I hear an accusation like that, I look at the video. I make an effort to verify it and go, is that a real video or was that Photoshop? Right. Well, sometimes know, when so I see something, so when I see something so outlandish or when I hear something so outlandish, an accusation, okay, then I'm going to say, okay, let me check this out because I right. really want to... You know, even if it's on our side, you know, somebody supposedly said something. You know, I, I, there was recently one that, that um, what's her name, Harris, uh, what's her, Kamala Harris, that she allegedly said something really uh, almost terrorist-like. And, and then the end of the quote, the, the alleged quote, it said, yes, she really said that. So you think, okay, well, if that's what this guy is saying, that she really said it, well, then she really said it. But then I said, no, 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 I'm going to check this out. And of course, it was not true. It was it was too outlandish, uh, and and the you know the left is not that brazen. It, when they do crazy things like that, they are very good about suppressing the information. Example: What happened with Obama and his uh, celebrating his uh, the birthday of Khalidi? Uh, that the was Rashid now, Khalidi. Rashid take, Khalidi. That the take. LA Times has. Bingo! Bingo! Yeah. So these are the things that they do, and, and, and look, they're very good about suppressing these things. Right. And so there was one more just like that. There were pictures of him with Farrakhan that remember. Yes. 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 So the point is, there's a pattern here. Right. The things of the the Democrat Party when they engage in this, no one talks about uh, 
Sanders with Sarsour, Ted Lieu with Sarsour, pictures of Obama with Farrakhan are suppressed, the Rashid Khalidi tape is suppressed. Meanwhile, Trump, the tape is out there about Charlottesville. They never watch it. They just repeat the lie. Yes. So do you see this double standard, people? There's no way that they want to look at that because it might actually reveal that they were wrong. And the right. expression is, uh, I think it was Mark Twain who said, it's easier to fool people. It's much easier to fool people than to convince them that they've been fooled. I love that one. And that represents so many of your lefty friends, your acquaintances, in your case, Ari. Uh, they, they really are so wedded to this. And the, no, the, the notion that they can uh, be, that the, the veil can be lifted from their eyes and they will suddenly see the reality that they've been on the wrong team all this time, that's very hard. They, they, they've invested so much of their whole lives and their money and their time, and more importantly, their emotions into this false narrative. It's humiliating to realize that you've been so wrong for so long. And the sooner that you, that you turn around from this, this false path that you've taken, the better, of course. All right, it's, it's like drinking, being an alcoholic. Yeah. The sooner you stop drinking, the better. But we know it's hard. It's, hard. it's very hard. Right. And the hangover will just be worse and worse the longer you wait, right? Yes. So, um, but that is, that is the way of the left. And I, I, I want to share something that uh, my good friend, Doug Urbanski, you know who he is, right? He uh, is an incredible conservative uh, provo provocateur, as it were. Uh, often uh, would sit in for uh, Rush Limbaugh. And Doug's main point, and I thought it was such a brilliant observation, he said, Trump has done so many wonderful things, right? I mean, in, in these past more than three and a half years, he has, and he's correct, I've, I've done more in 47 months than you've done in 47 years, but that, that's, that's not even giving credit to himself in the way that he should. He's, he's done more than anybody, has done in 47 months. And, and, and he's done more than Ronald Reagan, as much as I love Ronald Reagan. He's done more. He's an incredible man. So we could talk about all those things, you know, the way he helped with Israel, the way with the two peace treaties, the way he's put China on its heels. Three uh, Nobel Prize nominations. It's, it's three. three yeah. <laughs> uh, the economy to say nothing of that. And, uh, you know, that the black unemployment, the tax reform. I mean, it just it goes pulling out of the Paris Trees uh, climate change nonsense, the Iranian deal nonsense, changing the Mexico-Canada trade deal. Right. I mean, three fantastic. Conservative Supreme Court justices. Three conservative. Three conser not an Anthony Kennedy. Right. Not a, not a John Roberts. <clears throat> three right. conservative. real deal. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, you could say that was just happenstance and that was coincidence, but, but, but you get the idea. Think he accomplishes crap. He does it, okay? But all those things, as wonderful as they are, this is Doug Urbanski's point. There is one thing that he's accomplished that is 100 times greater than all of the other things that we just mentioned combined. It's hard... I would turn to you and say, what is it? And, but when I say it, you'll say, yes, that's a good point. And I thought it was so brilliant and I wanted to make sure to give credit to Doug. Here's the answer. He has shown the Democrats, he's revealed to us all 
what the Democrats really are. Yeah, and trick them into revealing themselves. They have revealed themselves. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, he is so right. Uh, that, was, that was the coup de grace that, that could not have been achieved had we had a Romney... Uh, as a Republican, had we had McCain, McCain yeah. and and when Bush Jeb was Bush. president or yeah. Jeb Bush, any of those guys, we we would not have seen who the Democrats really are unless Trump was president, doing the things that Trump has done. Yeah, there was maybe a chance if Ted Cruz uh, was, it might have happened, maybe. Yeah. but probably not simply because Ted Cruz as good as he is as a philosophical movement conservative, was still a member of government before he became president or ran for president. It took a total outsider, a swamp drainer, to cause this mega freak out. Yeah. And like like Mark Sine has pointed out, like David Spangler, uh, David Goldman Spangler has pointed out, you're seeing not the ascendancy of leftism, wrongism, but the end of it. You're seeing the total destruction of it, and you're seeing the final death throes of it. Well, yeah, so anyway, I mean, look, you, you've got the whole issue. I mean, what Doug was saying was 100% right. Um, that The fact is we are seeing a very different change in America. The question I have for you, Ari, is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, you know how you see a graph, right? The graph is going down, it's going up, as the case may be, but it's rarely that it's a linear graph, right? If you pull back from it, you, you'll see that there's a trend going downward or, or upward, like I said. Um, and, you know, it's, it's never straight. It, there's a kind of a jagged sort of look to it, and sometimes they have peaks and valleys, but it's generally going down or up. So you can apply that to almost anything, right? Let's say the birth rate. You can say it to the unemployment figures. You can say it to the to the economy at large. The number of people shot by guns in Chicago. <laughs> exactly well, right. Democrats yes. run Chicago. Yes. Things like that. I, and you, I think you're getting at is well, what is the trend, up or down? Yeah. So my question to you is: Is this because I, I think great things are happening? We talked about flack before and everything else, and but great things are happening. We're seeing a, a greater conservatism in the Supreme Court. We're seeing. Uh, a, a real appreciation for America. Um, we're seeing, you know, almost a, Ro- a Ronald Reagan sort of revival, if you want. The question is, is it a blip? Is it just a, a nice upward trend in an otherwise downward, you know, ongoing general downward descent uh, in America? And, you know, I think your point, and we've said this offline a little bit, uh, you, you've said in the past that, look, this is God... Uh, infused the, the election this of Donald Trump. It's a miracle, yeah. and he would not just, you know, let this miracle happen only to let it be squandered away four years later, uh, in 2020. And I, I think you're right. I, I do right. think he that, doesn't part the Red Sea just to let his people uh, die of thirst in the desert. Right. Right. Exactly. Oh, that's a very good analogy. I like that. <laughs> I, I wrote, I wrote, a, the manna from heaven story is always stuck in my mind. Without that, yeah, we're I, hungry. Didn't he just part the sea so he sends manna from heaven? Of course. Yeah. Because, it's, it's a great, it's, and, and the Jews, uh, the Israelites at the time, uh, were saying, oh, you know, why would you take us, uh, you know, out of Egypt, uh, out of slavery, only to die here in the desert? And, of course, God does not do any such thing. They, they have water. They have manna. Uh, and, they, they, and he leads them to the promised land at the end of the day, of course. But it's, it's 
very similar here. That they, it's fascinating how many things they've thrown at the conservative side, and all of them have backfired. And I had a great conversation with the kids yesterday. And I, first of all, I had to explain what backfire meant, right, with the gun and everything else. And they liked the idea that, that they thought that was hilarious, that you could shoot a gun and actually shoot yourself in the process. But anyway. Yeah, and these are kids who haven't seen Bugs Bunny put his finger in <laughs> Elmer Fudd's <laughs> shotgun, have Elmer Fudd pull That's, the trigger and have the shotgun so right. backfire so into right. his own face. You know. Okay, so that's very funny. <laughs> There's a lot of wisdom in those cartoons. So first of all, they liked the idea of backfire. <laughs> they thought that was very funny. So I gave them a good visual, right? Then I said, let's look at all the things that have happened in the past not even year, since March. But even before that, right, they, they, they backfired on the issue of the COVID response, right? They hoped that the economy would tank so badly that the American population would just forget that it was caused by the COVID uh, pandemic and the shutdown that they themselves insisted upon. And they didn't realize that, of course, the American population would be smart, smart about that. And then secondly, more importantly, that the economy is roaring back anyway. So they don't have uh, the, this devastation, this depression that they were hoping for, backfire, right? Then the riots happen, of course, and everyone's saying, oh, look at this de divisiveness, divisiveness, whatever way you want to pronounce it, polarity, and this is all due to the fascism that uh, Donald Trump has wrought upon us. Okay, that backfired too, because everyone understands that these are all riots in uh, Democrat cities. By Democrats. By Democrats. As Tucker Carlson calls them brilliantly, Today, Joe Biden voters took to the streets <laughs> and destroyed true. yet another place. Yeah. Peaceful <laughs> protesters uh, destroyed another place where... But it's, it's true. <laughs> yes. yes, right? I mean, it's, it's absurd. So they, that is where, you know, that, that's another backfire. Okay, then, then the homeless thing, right? They, they try to uh, in, in, infuse homelessness into all of our, our large cities. Yeah, some, capitalism, Donald yeah, Trump. Yeah, this is this is yeah. your capitalism, folks. Right. Like, okay, and nobody bought that either. That backfired. Yeah, as well. housing crisis, whatever words they want right. to use for it. So then the mail-in ballots. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, those four things that I just talked about, right? The mail-in ballots has backfired as well because what they're discovering now is that the mail-in ballots may actually inure to the benefit. Of Republicans. That's right. Not, I exactly. Mean, you've you've scared Democrats from leaving the homes. Democrats are going to send the majority of these stupid ballots in, and these are going to get lost in the mail. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on, baby. Even with uh, California, which has the biggest one of these, uh, 17-day counting window, even with that, they'll be lost in the mail for 18 days. And with Amy Comey Barrett on the Supreme Court, I'm sure she'll just go like this. We're not counting anymore not after, after yeah. 48 hours, you yeah. know? It's an absurdity. Yeah. And so, so the point is, he'll, with the mail-in ballots, like you're saying, he'll probably win by a bigger margin than if they just all voted in person. I think they realize that the mail-in ballots, because now they're, they're starting to you know, do some polling about the mail-in ballots, uh, I mean, in terms of what, what people are actually voting for. And uh, it's not looking good. So that... According to my good friend, Doug Urbanski, by the way, uh, he said, you know, take a look at Joe Biden. We haven't talked about this, Ari. Joe Biden, during the debate, the first debate with, with Trump uh, last Tuesday, he, he looked at the camera more than twice and said directly, and I want you to go out there and vote. And that's like the only clarity he ever had. 
You know, that, that was the one thing that he was told to say. That was very scripted for him, right? Where he didn't do the rapid blinking of the right. dementia. Yeah. Yeah. They, they said, whatever you do, Joe, get, tell people to vote, 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 because damn it, we're, we're effed. I mean, something's going on there. So that's backfiring as well. And it's a, it reminds me of, you know, you spoke a lot about God and, and the Bible and such. It reminds me of the story of Esther, right? Where Haman, you know, sets in motion this diabolical plan only for himself to be caught up in the same diabolical plan that he set in motion, right? Which you would call irony, which you, you might call divine retribution, right? But this is what's happening with the Democrats. They set up all these crazy plans only to have them backfire on them. They may very well have had a better shot. I'm not saying that they would have won. They might have had a better shot at this election had they not shut down the economy, had they not engaged in all these riots, had they not uh, imposed all this homelessness on the major cities. Had they not done all this weird effing you-know-what yeah. to all of our normal institutions of electoral process. Right, because it, because right. It, and it, and it invoked the Urbanski rule, which is... Hey, you really revealed to us who you are. Yeah, I mean, talk about God inspired, right? It's like, it's almost as if, you know, it, it, it's God hardened Pharaoh's heart, right? I mean, why, I always ask as a little kid, why would God do that? That's that seems so counterintuitive. Why would you make it so that Pharaoh would be more difficult upon the Israelites? Why wouldn't you? Instead, say, yeah, yeah, you, you want out of here? Okay, fine. Or even after one uh, plague, like, okay, I, I got the message. Yeah, I'm thirsty for those 10 days. I, go, d- go. I don't need yeah. that, uh, those frogs. I, yeah, but I think... You I, wait, hold on. Yeah. So, so the point is that you would think, okay, why did he harden his heart? And, and, and the reason for that, as we learn later on as adults, is that by hardening Pharaoh's heart, which, you know, independently for him was he, he was robbed of, of his free will because Pharaoh had acted so poorly before. But in addition, for the, from the perspective of the Israelites, the reason why uh, Pharaoh, God Pharaoh, uh, hardened Pharaoh's heart was to allow, to enable the Israelites to see in stark relief how evil Pharaoh was and that it would necessitate them leaving to finally say, okay, enough, enough is enough. To make the vast majority see the massive, the yeah, massive majority. And, and to, to encourage them to leave. So that, that was the thing. Now, I think the same thing's happening with the Democrat Party, generally speaking. Right. God is hardening their hearts. God is making yeah. them more entrenched. And you know, it's interesting from a perspective because there's a natural contradiction that can be brought up there, which is, but Barack... Doesn't God give us all free will? Well, it's interesting whose heart he hardened and whose free will he who suspends. It may seem off talk, uh, topic, for, but for a second I'm going to talk about the emperors of China who ruled with something called the mandate of heaven, i.e. the emperor is the representation on our earth of God's will, right? right same as European, divine right, right of kings. I was about to say that, the divine right you of know, kings. Yeah, uh, of the kings of England. So when... God hardens Pharaoh's heart, who is a supreme royal ruler who ruled with the mandate of the equivalent of their mandate of heaven, the, uh, the mandate of their pantheon of gods. Essentially, kings don't have free will because they've, they've given themselves over to God's will in exchange for the mandate of heaven. Right. right. So they're not mortals or considered mortals mm-hmm. by their peoples. 
mm-hmm. in the in the traditional sense, we're mortals. Right. So while mortals have free will, immortals don't. Yeah. Right. Yes, the yes. angels, the devils, the demons don't have free will. Yeah. Right. Humans do. Yes, it's a very good point and an accurate point. And I, we've, we've got to, look, I mean, this all goes back to the beginning of our conversation about people who, you know, decide to see things a certain way. And they don't realize that their heart, because it's not just Pharaoh, right? It's all the, the Democrat base for that matter, uh, the, including the Barack Obamas and the leaders and such like that. But they're not even, they're just, what's the word? They're, they're foils, as it were, because... It's really hardening your own heart. When you refuse to see the possibility, see, that's the, that's the thing. When, when I spoke to my friends about that, could it be that the issue was that it was both sides of the issue of the Confederate statues, taking down or, or keeping them up? Could it be that? It, it never had entered their mind. That's, that's right. the thing. And then they, they disagree with me because, but it, it was clear they it had not entered their freaking mind. And that's a hardening of one's heart, I think. It's, it's a beguiling of, of one's heart. It's a, a, a letting yourself be fooled. And that, that is the danger of it all. And there, you know, and I feel sorry for you. If you were a lefty, you are not seeing, you're not opening the possibility of, of looking at it a different way. And if you did, if, if you even ask the question to yourself, what is the argument of the conservatives on this? I'm just trying to gain clarity about this. Maybe I, I don't see it. I just give me multiple choice answers, right? Yeah, the conservatives aren't uh, um, confirming for me that they're racist, but I think they are. Right. So why would someone who's a white supremacist not declare it? I'm right. just, yeah, why, why would these white supremacists be such jive turkey white supremacists? Why are they <laughs> right. helping Israel? Why are they helping blacks and Latinos get out of prison and have what? jobs? They, well, they, they constantly live in yeah. a state of calculative distance, right? Because they, they know so many friends like you and me, who are of course not racist, who are on the contrary, they, the exact opposite of it, who the, the Amy Coney Barrett's who have two black children, you know, adopted. I mean, right. so you're like, there's, there's your racist for you, right? Right. So, uh, they, they have that and they, they can't reconcile it. So they have to impute millions of white supremacists out there that you can't see, but they're there. Don't you worry. And there's that one guy who in a rally uh, held up a sign, uh, you know, Jews will not replace us. You know that guy. So therefore, it must be millions of people doing the same thing. But they, they, they always hold up that same guy. Yeah, the exception is the rule right. for them. It's, well, not only they, that, but yeah. what they do, they put it on an infinite loop. Yes. Like, like the Hanna-Barbera cartoons with the background when, when Fred Flintstone is running. Yeah. You see the background, Ooh, and then you start noticing it's the same background. Right. They're just, you know, alternating it every once in a while. And that's what they do. And it's, it's, it's very funny in its own way, but that is what they're doing. They're hardening their own hearts. And they don't see how obvious it is to the average American voter, the, the person just trying to see this in a neutral way, when they see the COVID response and that the Democrats, the, the lefties, are trying to accuse Trump of having created this COVID response, when, of course, it's, there's no way any reasonable person can look at this. And then they see the riots and somehow that the, 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 the righties, the, the conservatives are, are, you know, fueling these riots. They, they actually believe this crap. So that... If you cannot see that, then you're doomed here. You, you've hardened your heart to a point 
where you cannot kind of come back. And I'm, I'm worried for them. In the meantime, you have these rallies. Trump is, is holding these rallies. And Ari, you were mentioning offline how 60% of them are non-Republicans, non-conservatives, former Democrats, uh, some independents, of course. Yeah. But it, as, it, as, it, as, as a practical matter, most of them are not avowed Republicans. Yeah, and, and they're, they're coming very... to, the, to the rallies not because they're looky-loos or because they want to hear what this crazy man Trump has to say. Uh, no. They love him. They're enthused. They're, they're, they're like, it's like seeing the Beatles for them. Yes. It's a rock star experience. Yes. Yep. I mean, it, and, and what they're ignoring is that it's the majority of these people in attendance who are either registered Democrats or registered nothings. Right. Coming into the political field, sphere in either a new way if they were Democrats or non-participants for many elections who are finally participating yeah. in a new way. And it's flooding and overwhelming the system, which, as you said earlier, is explaining the national freakout to tear down all the institutional safeguards against... That that right. are safeguards, if you will, that preserve the swamp normality right. that they've gotten used to. Yeah. By the way, thank you for using the correct noun version of normal. It's normality, not normalcy. Just want you to know, Ari said it correctly. Yes. Um, See, right. that's what you get when you don't go to college. <laughs> Boom. You know, you know how I know it's normality because um, it's not. You don't memorize these things. There are there are rules. Anything that ends with al, like an, an adjective, like banal, right? It's banality. Yeah. You don't say banalcy. Banalcy. <laughs> right? yes. uh, so anything that ends with A-L, um, it's, uh, frugality, for example. Yeah. And okay? A-N-C-E ends like balance, doesn't ever end in balancy. Right, exactly. It ends right. in balanced. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, good point. Anyway, let's not get too sidetracked on that. Um, it, it's exciting because uh, we, we see what's really going on. You have to open up your mind a little bit. In fact, just a little bit, and then everything works out. The, the thing about Biden is, is an interesting thing, and I want to just kind of raise this really quickly. They talk about the good people on both sides argument from Trump's point of view, and, and it just doesn't make sense. You know, the, the actions no, in no way conform to the accusation. Uh, in the meantime, Joe Biden has made a statement some 30, 35 years ago that he didn't want to send his kids to, uh, you know, public schools because he didn't want them to experience a racial jungle, okay? And then I mean, two what, or three weeks ago or whatever, four, five, eight weeks ago, he goes, hey, if you don't vote Democrat, you ain't black. Right. I mean, I mean it's, what? It's, it's so offensive. <laughs> um, it, it really is it's wildly offensive. But so, you know, one of my friends brings up this point about, you know, how Trump is clearly a racist and clearly on, on all these different... Co and, I and he gave me, like, four examples of what he thought was racist. And I said, they all add up to a zero to me. And by my math, four times zero is still zero. And uh, he said, I'm not seeing it. And I said, no, I'm definitely not seeing it. And you're not seeing, for example, that, that Joe Biden is, is, a racist. is clearly a racist. And he has said this. And, and, and he says, well, I don't believe that. He never heard that, the racial jungle comment, Right. So I sent him, not only did I send him the comment, but I, I sent him the Snopes.com affirmation of it. How often do you hear that? Right? Yeah, the, fact, it, the lefty it, fact check sites fact check positive yeah, yeah. of the it, positive comment. Yeah, Snopes in, in this situation normally would say it's technically true, but out of context true, right? Right. So, but no, this one actually said correctly attributed. 
Okay, it is a correct, you know, it's a full green circle, you know, whatever they, they do on Snopes. So I sent him both the, the link and, and, of course, the actual Snopes. And um, his response back was, well, first of all, that was four decades ago. Secondly, uh, you know, yeah. that's not what he meant. And like, oh, I said, I said, I see. So you have all this nuance now on a blatantly racist statement. I mean, it's really hard to not say that was racist. <laughs> but you don't, give, you don't give any nuance whatsoever to the possibility that Trump meant good people on both sides of the issue of, of putting up the Confederate statues. Right, I mean, and they it, don't right. give any notice if you want to make the four decades argument, right. apples to apples. They don't give any uh, uh, context to Trump not wanting to rent apartment buildings to people who are not creditworthy in the 1970s. Right. Yeah, some right? of more black. That's racist, yeah, yeah. even though it was a long time ago. Right. But a blatantly racist verb. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know any property owner who owns an apartment building who wants to rent to someone who's not going to pay the rent. Oh. I'm just, I'm just curious about that. I, I will make this very clear to you. I represented, I was of counsel, sorry, the general counsel for Donald Sterling, okay, uh, back in uh, the early 2000s. And there were claims about him that he was so racist. And, and then, of course, the last uh, clip that you heard, and the man was really suffering from dementia. It was really sad. Um, I can tell you, uh, having represented him, that the man does not have racist bone in his body, okay? And that's not, I'm not saying that I had a wonderful experience with uh, Donald Sterling as his, uh, as his lawyer or otherwise. I can only say certain things from a turn client point of view. But racist, that man's not a racist. He, uh, no way, Nope, nope, nope. I'll tell you what, what color he did love. Green. Yeah. That, that was a great color for him, okay? And he didn't care whether the hands that gave him that green were black hands, white hands, purple hands, yellow hands, red hands, or any kind of hands. Uh, and that is capitalism, my friends. Because, and Voltaire said it right. Racism is stupid. It just is plain stupid. Why would you not take money from somebody who's willing to give it to you for your uh, restaurant, for your house, for your legal services, for your bicycle store? You're an idiot. If, you, if the man is, a black man is willing to pay for your services at, at the, the price that you charge, and you're not gonna take it from him? You're an idiot, That's okay? Right. <laughs> That's why I love conservatism. It's like, yeah. it, it's, it, and capitalism in particular, because it, it just flows so beautifully with love of God, uh, love, love of man, love of man, hatred of racism, love of freedom, love of freedom, love of prosperity. Yes. And by the way, one other thing that they never point out. That's and and so, bringing out the best in man. Okay, right. Go ahead. And it's so obvious about people. People who are actually racist don't invest money buying NBA teams. Why would someone who's wealthy and a racist invest in, if you will, a, an entity, a concern, that is going to, by definition, employ a majority of black people? Right, and, and celebrate And them. depend on them and, for and, their... And, and, then, and then companies like Nike and otherwise, and other endorsements, they, they celebrate these. It's mostly, you know, a lot of them are black. Um, you know, Michael Jordan and, of course, Johnson, Kobe Bryant when he was Julius alive. Irving, yeah. I mean, all these incredible players. And, and we celebrate them, right? I mean, even, even the ones that uh, mock America, like Colin Kaepernick, right? I mean, it, it, it's so absurd. Of course, 
it's all good. And it's not about their skin color. Colin Kaepernick, maybe, maybe it is about his skin color, but not for Michael Jordan. It was just Michael Jordan's cool, man. And he's an, an elegant, incredible player, he was, uh, in his game. He, he was the bomb. Incredible person. One thing that's so intense for me. Wait, sorry. And and people look up to him as a hero. You you think that these white kids who think Michael Jordan is is totally cool? They they think they give a crap about his skin color? Of course not. Like and, and they imagine themselves. Here comes Michael Jordan. He's going to go and he's taking the shot. He takes it. It's good, right? They, they, like you you think for a moment that they are thinking to themselves that they care at all whether he's black. The line of advertising was, be like Mike. Yes. Oh, good point. Good point. Well, the, the one about Tiger Woods was, I am Tiger Woods. My we all wanted to be Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods, no matter what color we were. I'll take you one step further. Whenever I have to deal with the confrontation, one that worries me a little bit, whether it's a possible physical confrontation or a... Um, financial confrontation or legal confrontation or some sort of like argument that I have to deal with. So not necessarily even dealing with, with uh, my, you know, the, the, the opposing side on my legal cases. I'm talking about my regular life. You know who I summon my courage from? MJ. No. No, no, no. no. A, a small woman named Rosa Parks. She's my hero. She's my, uh, what do you call it, my muse or my... Um, Your spirit animal. My spirit animal, yes. Yeah. And you're right, she is the most badass alpha there is. She was awesome. And she, said, she, she handled herself with grace, and she said, I'm not moving from this seat. And she, and, and she had a calmness about her. I, I studied her a lot, and what people don't know about her is that, and she, she did a very extensive interview um, about her experience in 1993, I think it was, in her auto, autobiography, was, uh, or biography, it showed up. She said, I just knew that God was watching me. I knew I was doing what was right, and I just let God take over, and a calmness came over me. I had no fear. That has been my northern star for many years. Whenever... I have a confrontation like that. I think to myself, be Rosa Parks, be Rosa Parks, be Rosa Parks. How do you like that? It's not be like Mike, I'm, which I respect, by the way. I really do. He's an amazing, he was an amazing man. But most of us, you know, are not dealing with trying to be the best basketball player, right? But Rosa Parks, an ordinary person. Yeah, I can relate to her. It doesn't matter. I'm not black. I'm not a woman. But hell, uh, we are similar in the sense that we all deal with confrontation. And we all need courage. And we, we all, all need, need grace. That's what Rosa Parks does for us. And anyway, I, I, I don't want to digress too much, but the point is that it's all a big farce. This, this, the, the way that Democrats are kind of seeing this whole thing, and they, they are hardening their own hearts to their detriment, to their dramatic detriment, and they yeah. will and they, they will believe, collapse. And they believe they have a mandate from heaven, right. so they believe they've transcended mortality. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, that's right. the... You're so right. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening to this very important podcast. I really consider this a very important one today, and God bless. God bless.